We're going to call in our rescue team to give us fabulous investment advice. Nancy Tengler is the CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Laffer Tengler Investments, which has a five-star morning star rating. Good for her. And Mike Ozanian, Assisting Managing Editor of Forbes Media, co-host of Forbes Sports Money on the Yes Network. And as always, I have to ask Mike Ozanian some sports stuff because I'm a sports nut. Mike Ozanian, is there going to be a Major League Baseball strike? What's happening? Uh, I think the lockout probably is going to result in a lot of the preseason being uh, canceled, not happening. Hmm. Uh, and I, Major League Baseball requested an arbitrator, a mediator, to come in, and uh, the Players Union rejected that. Basically, what the sticking points are, Larry, is the Players Union wants a shorter tenure for a player to be a free agent. Currently, after the fifth season, they want it to probably come down to after the third. And the same thing for arbitration, which is now after the third season. They want it sooner. And their gripe is that, you know, you're getting a lot of young, really good players on the cheap. Uh, I think the uh, revenue sharing that the Players Union wanted, they wanted more revenue sharing from the richer teams your team, the Yankees, Red Sox, a couple other high-revenue teams, they want. I think that's dead. And they wanted the tax, which is basically for payrolls that are over about $213, $14 million. Hmm. The Players Union wants that raised to over $300 uh, million. And the, play, the owners have said, no, 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 no. So I think that that might get nudged up a little bit. But uh, I think the most, the biggest thing is the tenure in terms of free agency and arbitration. So, uh, you know, they always say no one really moves until paychecks start to get missed. So I I suspect maybe mid-March towards late March, we'll we'll probably get a resolution. At least I'm hoping so. Well, I hope so. If we don't have baseball, I'm just going to go crazy. (laughs) And Nancy Tangler, didn't you tell us at one point, uh, your son played Navy baseball, Naval Academy, Naval Academy baseball. He did indeed. Yep. And, uh, one of our, uh, portfolio managers played with him. They had wow. a pretty decent team. A couple guys got, um, recruited and, or drafted, but then they changed the rules and, um, the military did and they weren't allowed to play. So, well, listen, I, you know, baseball season, I come home at night and I got to watch a few innings at least of the Yankees. Otherwise, you know, I get all stressed out. <laughs> and this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a great full season, full fans, you know, uh, coming off of these last couple of uh, COVID impacted years. So I think, yeah, all of us baseball fans were really looking forward to it. You know, the one thing I will say, you know, it's not like 30, 40 years ago where players really needed spring training to get in shape. I mean, these guys, you know, they work out all year long. They're into the right nutrition. So, you know, I I don't think they need a lot of spring training. So uh, hopefully if they do come back in the absence of a lot of spring training, we won't see injuries. Well, we need spring training here in Arizona. Are you telling – is it canceled? Yeah, they they can't be. Uh, that's the uh, Cactus League out there in Arizona, yeah. and uh, the Grapefruit League's in Florida. And yeah, so uh, they cannot play under uh, the auspices of Major League Baseball yeah. until yeah. the lockout ends. Sorry to say, Nancy. 
Well, I'm but stressed I, out now, Larry. No, I'm telling you, the stress factor of no baseball would be terrible for the stock market. Terrible. <laughs> you get all these people go go crazy. We already have enough, so we don't need any more. Well, I know. So, uh, Nancy Tangler, we had a blowout jobs number. Didn't have a big market impact. Well, the NASDAQ was up 200-plus yesterday, but blowout uh, jobs number. And I, I'm calling it an inflationary boom, basically. And I, I you know, we got to figure out how to do this. I had the great Art Laffer on at the very beginning of the show, and, you know, he's quite worried about this whole story. He doesn't think it's going to end well, doesn't think there's a whole lot we can do. The Fed's got to take some actions to stop inflation. So anyway, Nancy Tangley, where are you? What's your outlook? Yeah, it, it was a great number. Um, I think Greg Gipp had a piece in the Wall Street Journal today that said the, pro, the participation rate was skewed upward by population estimates, whatever that means. And so had that been applied in December, the participation rate would have been constant. So that, that's a little disappointing because we'd like to see um, more participation, clearly. Um, I think the good news for me was that productivity, which is an you know, inherently volatile number, but it popped pretty strong. Um, and just as high prices are the cure for high prices, you know, when wages go up, productivity improves because employers like myself, we have to find other solutions. So I, I think the productivity, um, lower unit labor costs will keep margins intact for some period of time. But we've talked about this many times, Larry. It's said way behind. And uh, this last press conference, you know, when the statement came out, the market rallied. I was on the air. I was on Fox Business. uh, And the market rallied dramatically. And then he started talking. And it deteriorated dramatically because he basically said, uh, we don't know what we're going to do when, despite the fact that the previous minutes had showed clearly that they talked about um, shrinking the balance sheet. They talked about rate hikes. So I think the market is a little jittery, clearly, as a result of the leadership. And then you've got all these progressive nominees that are coming in the mix. And uh, I think I think the Fed is going to continually be a source of volatility for the market, and, and that's a concern. But the last thing I'll say is that earnings growth in the fourth, or fourth quarter was has been excellent for the most part. I mean, there have been spots of weakness. But guidance has been really good, and margins have held up very nicely. So – you have that offsetting element, which leads me to say this is the most complex investing environment in my career. Yeah. <laughs> almost 40 years. Don't you think, Mike Ozanian, that slavery reparations gives you confidence for a new Fed nominee? <laughs> Lisa well, Cook. I, that's, uh... <laughs> that's her big thing, slavery reparations. And also she feels this is, this is, a, this is a racist country and is committing genocide during the Trump years. I mean, she has, I mean, I read John Cochran, you know, the grumpy economist. He's a brilliant guy, University of Chicago. He's been in Hoover for years. And he just says, she's, she's published a lot down through the years. She teaches at Michigan State, but never publishing on anything to do with monetary policy. And she's the Fed nominee. I mean, just well, saying, my, just saying, I don't know, whatever. My, my Fed hero of all time is Paul Volcker, and I read a lot of his stuff and about him and i don't remember any of that being in his bio i no. may have missed it but i no. but I, I i i don't remember seeing any of that um i i you know i think nancy is spot on uh in terms of profits and profit margins um and you know we just saw that this past week right 
how the profits are really causing the market to gyrate. The Facebook missed by a big margin, and then the Amazon reporting great profits. The market went back up. A very wise man that has taught me a lot once said, profits are the mother's milk of the stock market. Yep, and, yep, and, and yep, yep. I think yep. that holds. My big concern is twofold. I, I believe that inflation is worse than the numbers are suggesting. And I believe the Fed, through you know all the crazy things it's been doing, like buying massive amounts of tips, buying repos, I think has made it very difficult to read the traditional credit market signals. You know, but I looked through Dow when Dow reported its fourth quarter earnings, and it was really interesting. Dow said that its costs rose. 39% in the fourth quarter hmm. and, and why volume fell 4%. And I, you know, I think Dow's a good thing to look at because they make, you know, so many different products that go into so many different things. I mean, everybody owns something that Dow makes something to build. So I, I, I just think inflation's a lot worse than uh, at least certainly than the fed does. I think they're way, way, way behind the curve. And I think it's kind of, you know, the market has been looking for a rate increase. You know, if you look at the S&P, the multiples forward P.E. ratios, whether it be for the large cap, the mid cap or the small cap, all peaked around the same time, around the first quarter of 2020. They all went from uh, the large cap went from 23 to 19, mid cap 23 to 14. And the small caps really gotten hammered from 27 to 13. Hmm. So it's clearly the denominator, the profits that have uh, kept this stock market right. uh, in positive territory. Nancy, we got um, $91 oil. We have, generally speaking, depending on how you measure it, a 6 to 7% inflation rate. And we had a pretty big pop in the 10-year this week, uh, 14 basis points up to 191, so it's approaching 2%. How does that all figure? I mean, it just looks to me like there's more inflation and more interest rate hikes. Uh, oil prices will figure into that, but, of course, the Fed is responsible. Is that going to cut into multiples, and is that going to be a problem for stocks? Yeah. Oh, well, I think it already has cut into multiples, Larry. I, I think the market is doing some of the Fed's work by, you know, the bond market, um, declining and yields going up and stocks bouncing around. The multiples now, if you back out the magnificent eight, as Ed Yardeni calls them, the, the multiple on the S&P, the remaining 492 stocks, is about 16, 17 on average. Um, in a negative real rate environment, because we're still in a negative real rate environment, um, that, that, that seems somewhat reasonable to me. But what we've been focused on, because there are a lot of pressures, and that's a constant theme in the earnings calls that we've been sitting on, We've been focused on companies that um, have higher levels of productivity via earnings and revenues per employee. And the two top sectors are technology, which does not surprise anyone, but but energy. And so we have, uh, over the previous months, been adding to our energy exposure. And in January, we added to our technology exposure. And I think that's important for a couple of reasons. Um, the, the history shows that uh, that technology stocks have actually done well, extremely well, during rising interest rate and inflationary environment. And one of the CEOs uh, that reported last week, ServiceNow CEO, came out and said, we have no, um, we're not punished by rising interest rates. They generated 26% subscription growth 
last year. They're going to again this year. And and their margins expanded. Microsoft had a blowout number. So did Google. So did Amazon. And the common feed was cloud. And that's been an area of focus for us, cloud, cybersecurity, and semis. So I think if you pick your places and and look around for some of the cyclicals like UPS, which raised their dividend 49%, uh, great CEO and Carol Tomei, if you look for companies that have pricing power, strong balance sheets, and strong free cash flow, good management help, um, I think you will mitigate your volatility. And by the end of the year, you'll be happy you own those stocks. But I, we, we have a hedge on for our, our clients as well, because you don't know, right? <laughs> so we want to have protection. I did not shed any tears for Facebook. Me neither. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, I you know, I'm a capitalist. I want everyone to succeed, but maybe not Zuckerberg. <laughs> I hate to say it. It's, it's an we were a reluctant comment. shareholder when we held the stock. Oh, God. Anyway, Mike Ozanian, uh Oil prices up. Dollar was pretty sloppy this week. What do you think about that stuff? I think I look at gold in, almost in tandem with the dollar, you know, okay. and, and, you know, gold is, is kind of an interesting play right now, too, because really gold hasn't done that well since, I don't know, the summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. So it, it's lower than it was then. I, I would own a little gold. Um, I think. You know, it might an interesting dollar play right now would be maybe the Australian dollar uh, because they make a lot of commodities. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think given what's happening to the prices of commodities, I think that's an interesting play. I, I on top of inflation, I'm, I'm also very concerned with the inventory buildup. I know there are those who believe that's a positive because that will lead to more spending in subsequent quarter. I do not believe that. I, I look at Peloton. As sort of a, uh, you know, the poster child for what can happen with the buildup in inventory. They got crushed a couple of weeks ago because of that. Um, I'm, I'm going to hedge a little bit like Nancy, too. I'm going to go with uh, an ETF. The ticker symbol is DOG. It shorts the Dow. Uh, I, think, I think the Dow is, is, is a smart short. On the other hand, you know, uh, being a cheap guy myself, when things get really, really cheap, I got to buy. So on the long side, I'm going to go with a Vanguard ETF. It's small caps. Small caps have gotten hammered. Uh, and the ticker symbol is VBR. And they're both very, very cheap, low expenses. What about the inflation break-evens? I don't know. If I, I, I don't. I don't buy it. I just think the credit markets and I, can you can you trust that with the Fed buying massive amounts of tips? I, I don't know. I think it, I think there's a total. Uh, I don't know. Maybe manipulation is the wrong wrong word there, but I, I don't know that. I, I like. I just want to look at what these companies are reporting in their annual reports. And from what I'm reading, the inflation numbers that they're talking about, and when when I go shopping and when I'm looking to buy food, it's uh, it's it's giving very strong signals. You know, the uh, Janet Yellen saying inflation is going to be 2%. Did she finish the sentence? Was I it mean, it's... 2% a week? Or, you know, I don't see that. All right. Well, it's tricky business. We'll agree on that. It's very tricky business. Nancy Tangler, thank you very, very much. Mike Ozanian, we need baseball. We just need baseball. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.